listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Sunday day was fun, right? Right? We had a good time. Don't worry about what's happening around the, uh, the, around the SEC. Just focus on our team. It was fun. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, joined today by uh, former intern Jaws. Hey, Lance. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And Noah Garner, host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. How are you? I'm doing great, Zach. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm a little tempted, or I, I guess I'm, I'm hesitant a little bit to ask you about this class as a whole because uh, callers may call in and uh, berate you. <laughs> you know, I, I think maybe people misunderstood what I had to say. I, I don't know how you could because I said plain and simple, this isn't Brian Harson's class. Sure. This isn't. This is Gus Malzahn's disappointing class, his last touches on a program that people uh, wanted to see move in a different direction. But I will say this, the guys that Brian Harson has brought in, you know, the six guys that signed, excluding Tavares Dawson, who was a sure. Gus Malzahn guy as well. But I, I still think he's a good commit, and Harson did well to close on him. I think these guys all fill specific needs for Auburn, and I, and I think they're all good commitments for Auburn, disregarding their star rating. Of course, it, it is a heavy three-star class and disappointing to see that for Auburn, but yeah. uh, he did the best he could to salvage what was left on a recruiting class that, that Gus Malzahn was disappointing in. Yeah. All right, so looking at... Guys already on campus, Demetrius Davis, quarterback, corner, Kamal Haddon, safety, Armani Harvey, of course, defensive tackle, Lee Hunter, tight end, Landon King, and then offensive lineman, probably a guard, Garner Langlow, and then other signees that we saw Auburn get when they didn't have a head coach, which is really amazing to me. Armani Diamond, the corner, Ian Matthews, the defensive end, Tobeki Okoli, the defensive end, Hal Presley, a receiver, and Marquise Robinson, a defensive tackle. So, today, the Tigers, um, they signed Caden Bridges, the safety, Tavares Dawson, like you men uh, mentioned just now, Noah, and uh, Juwan Gaston, uh, Andrew Leota, also known as Eku Leota. We've talked about him a ton on the show. I'm excited about him. Colby Smith, the offensive tackle, and Joko Willis, the linebacker. So, let's go one by one here, and we'll just go in the order that, uh, that Harson talked about him. Caden Bridges, this is what Harson said, quote, hard hitter, plays hard, physical, a guy who's had very good stats. You see the potential of his development, a guy who handles his business, very focused and determined, great family, great support system. We're excited about him coming in here and being in that defensive backfield for us. Lance, do you have any thoughts on Caden Bridges? Yeah, we were kind of talking about earlier on the line on ESPN 106.7 how Caden could kind of develop into kind of like a Daniel Thomas type player, kind of fit in that type of role. Really excited to see Zach Etheridge go out and get some recruits before this signing class closed. And I feel like he's got good size for a safety, 6'2", 190, definitely uh, capable there at the safety position. So I'm really, really happy with this, uh, this recruit here. Noah, I was really impressed with his highlight tape that Auburn football tweeted out. Right, and you know, Lance saying Daniel Thomas. You know, Daniel Thomas was was pretty good in the run stop game as well. And Auburn traditionally, now this is a different coaching staff. Auburn traditionally is going for guys 
at that defensive back position that can help out in, in, in the run game. And I think this is a guy who can do that. They talk about his ball hawking ability. Now, of course, people are going to see three stars in a lot of these guys in this class. And, and this is a guy that I think embodies what I'm about to say probably better than most of them. Recruits that are from the middle of nowhere in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Georgia, yeah. all those guys, they already get passed over. They already have a hard time accruing stars higher than a three. But add the coronavirus pandemic on top of it, and people aren't going out as much to go and look at ball games or to look at recruits at these ball games. It's going to make it even harder. So this guy is a, is a player that's flying under the radar. He had no SEC offers until last Friday. Auburn and Mississippi State both offering him on that Friday. And of course, he's going to choose to come to Auburn. At when you're looking at South Alabama, Mississippi State, and Auburn, and he's going to he's going to come to Auburn, and, and he is. And I think this is a guy who maybe is a little undervalued just because he's from parts unknown Mississippi yeah. and uh, the coronavirus pandemic. I, I think this is a solid commitment and obviously someone that Brian Harson's super excited about. Saw several Auburn fans on Twitter being sarcastic about, great, we're flipping South Alabama commits. I think it's a testament to kind of what you said. This guy was unknown. I think South Alabama's probably upset because I feel like they thought they were about to get a stud and it, it, it slipped away at the last minute. I think this is a good, I think this is a good get. You know, people were mad about Jatarvius Whitlow, I feel like, you know, when when he committed to Auburn. And, and I, you know, look, I know Whitlow may have still not worked out it. on the planes. What were you about to say? I'm still mad about it. <laughs> sure. And, and, and look, here's the thing. He may have not have panned out on the planes, but he did end up being a starting running back for Auburn for two years. Two years Whether yeah. or not that's a good thing, I, I don't know. But, you know, I think that's still, when, you, when you're going out and, and getting a guy that people may think is a group of five player, it's still, you know, I, I think worked out in the long run for Jatarvis Whitlow, and I think it could work out even better here for Caden Bridges. Tarvarish Dawson Jr., we've talked about this guy in the past when he committed for like forever ago, and in fact, this is what Harson said about him. Never wavered on time through the coaching change, high energy, fun to talk to, and a great player, great hands, great speed, a pleasure to recruit. He's helped us, a guy who loves Auburn, wants to be here, wants to be part of this family. Listen, as an athlete, um... But uh, also, uh, it looks like he's going to get first crack at playing wide receiver for Auburn. 5'11", 165. And just kind of watching his highlights, some of his tape, and just kind of looking at his body type and his traits. Hard not to think about Eli Stove, Ryan Davis, one of those guys is in the middle of the field, a lot of pre-snap motion. I think that's his role, right? Sure, and the big question is, can he create his his space better than maybe Eli Stove could when the ball was in his hands? You know, I think back to Ryan Davis's big year in 2017. Not as much in 18. I don't know what happened. It seemed like defenses did better in 18 at corralling him when he got the football in his hands. Maybe that was where he was catching it in the field. I don't know. In 17, he was great at creating his own space. I mean, the, you know, everybody thinks back to the highlight when he turned Mika Fitzpatrick around in the Iron Bowl, you know. So, huge. you know, you'd like to see this guy maybe be able to do a little bit more with the football in his hands. But look, this wide receiver room, it's wide open. You know, you got Capers, yeah. you got Kobe Hudson, you got Elijah Canyon, you got J.J. Evans, you got Shedrick Jackson. The list goes and on at wide receiver, and, and, and none of them have starting reps experience, really, and none of them really have experience going against number ones as far as cornerbacks are concerned in the SEC. It's a wide-open room. There's going to be a wide-open competition for it, and we'll see how these guys fit into the new scheme for Auburn when, when A-Day rolls around. This is going Obviously to be a guy not this that, guy, but other players. Yeah, this is going to be a guy that I think we don't see on the field for a while just due to the fact of, you know, he's not already on campus. I think that's a huge disadvantage for guys that, you know, take that freshman year to really kind of acclimate themselves because they don't get that first spring. 
So I don't know. I, I agree that the wide receiver room is wide open. I don't know how much we're going to see Dawson, especially early in the season. We may see him a li- little bit later. I'd love to see him on special teams. He seems electric in the return game. Saw a few punt returns there, so that's been exciting. A, a high-speed level guy. Auburn's really good at recruiting speed. They always have been. Um, Jaws, do you have any thoughts on Dawson? Yeah, like you just mentioned just now, his speed. I feel like he is kind of like a Ryan Davis, Eli Stove type of player, kind of like that that smaller possession receiver in the middle of the field, get those five or six yards every single time, be automatic like that. Uh, but the speed, I feel like he's got a lot more speed than both Eli Stove and Ryan Davis did. Ran a 10.5 in the 100-meter dash this past year, actually. So I feel like this is a guy that Auburn can really use in a lot of different type of ways. Very versatile, like you said. Really good in the punt return game. So I feel like this is a solid, versatile pickup for Auburn. You're listening to Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by Rock Auto. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store at a new car dealership? That doesn't make any sense. Head over to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts. They've even got carpet, whether it's uh, for a classic car, your daily driver. They've got it all at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, let's go, let's go next to uh, Jawan Gaston. Harson said, quote, just down the road. He's from Montgomery. Jawan is a competitor, did a great job his senior year. 96 tackles, five interceptions, seven kick returns for touchdowns. Playmaker, football player, enjoyed getting to know him and his mom. A guy I know is going to come and give everything he's got. I kind of like this guy. Down the road is a guy that, you know, possibly like a a nickel or whatever they choose to call that position moving forward. Super, super athletic. Um, Also, I'd never heard of Garver. Where you're you're the high school football guy, Noah. Where is Garver in Montgomery? Uh, It's Carver Montgomery. Uh, I don't know where that I don't know where that mistake happened with somebody out there, but it's okay. Carver Montgomery. Yeah, that's on uh, AuburnTigers.com. His bio it says high school Garver. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's Carver Montgomery. Heard of Carver. And, yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carver's right there off the interstate when you're getting on sure, 65 yeah. going towards Mobile. And look, I'll tell you about this guy. This guy feels like a um he he feels like more of a depth piece than maybe some of the other safeties that have been brought in. 
obviously not as highly touted, I feel like, as Caden Bridges or, or even Armani Diamond and, and uh, Amari Harvey. Sure. Not as, uh, not as highly touted of a defensive back, but that doesn't mean he won't be good. And I like what you're saying about him fitting in at defensive back because all you are at, at nickel or star or whatever Auburn's going to call it. He's very Jordan Peters to me. Sure. Well, I, you know, if you're talking about speed and, and a guy who, who was really good at making tackles in space, the first guy that came to mind when you were talking about that was Javaris Davis, actually. Now, I don't know if he's wow. as fast as Javaris Davis. You know, he, he's got to be, he, you know, Javaris Davis was fast, right? I don't know if this guy's that fast. He's but bigger, too. It, and if he's able to play out in space, um, you know, you know, and also Javaris Davis had played a lot more of an impactful role than maybe Jordan Peters ever did when he was on campus. But you know, if this guy does amount to be on the on the field as a as a starting nickelback or a starting star or whatever they call it, he he's going to be playing out in space, and that's something Auburn desperately needs. He Go just back and moves watch the so film. well. He moves extremely. Sure. It's like butter. I love it. So I think we'll and see. Auburn desperately needs it. This is a guy we may see, you know, his junior year where he pops up and it's like, oh, yeah, this guy was really good in high school. So we'll have to see. 96 tackles. Hard to replicate that for sure. Lance, you got thoughts on Jawan Gaston? Yeah, we're talking about some comparisons to uh, Javaris Davis. Immediately, my mind actually went to Christian Tut if he's going to play that nickel role. Very similar okay. sizes. Gaston, 5'11", 187. Christian Tut, 5'11", 192. Uh, like you said, I feel like this is more of a depth piece, and we may see more of him down the road, but definitely another solid pickup. And again, another pickup from Zach Etheridge, who has just joined this coaching staff. Really impressive to see him already on the recruiting trail, kind of like getting these last couple of pieces to wrap up this signing class. Love Zach Etheridge. I was named after him. There's that. All right, so uh, we got Eku Leota, grad transfer from Northwestern. We've talked about... Uh, Eku a ton on this show already. I mean, you talk about needing to bolster the pass rush. They uh, they did it right away. I also love on Auburn's official website, it's all headshots of every player, and then you get to Eku, and it's a headshot, but you see his hands in it as well, and I think that's funny. I don't know why. It's not funny. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Um, but, I mean, a, a guy that led Northwestern in sacks last year, a guy that they were really bummed to see go and really surprised to see go because they talked about how raw he was and they were like, it's next year for Leota. It's next year. 2021 is his season. And they don't get to reap the benefits from that. Auburn does. And I think that's going to be huge. I mean, all these guys that we've talked about so far, we're probably not going to see a lot of them next year. Leota, we will see a ton of next year. I'm very, very high on this pickup. He also brings experience at playing at the highest level in Big Ten football. I mean, Northwestern made the Big Ten championship this year on a defense that was holding opponents less than 20 points a ball game. That that Northwestern defense, Auburn experienced it firsthand, you know, and, and maybe the fact that he played against Auburn, maybe he's like, yeah, this is, this is a bunch that I want to roll in. You know, that's something that I think I've, I've forgotten about that's gotten lost in the shuffle. Is no way to Auburn played Northwestern in a bowl game, and this guy's transferring to Auburn. He didn't you know, play in that or, game, though. He, oh, okay. Well, yeah, he, hey. Yeah, he, uh, after the Big Ten championship game, a, a handful of Northwestern players entered the transfer portal. And when he entered, uh, most of the guys that entered, just based on the, you know, the Northwestern guy I talked to earlier in the week, it was, uh, it was expected. And then when he entered the portal, everyone was like, what? No, you can't go. You're getting playing time. You're getting key pass rushing reps. But he did. He did. So he actually didn't play against Auburn, which is, um, Interesting, because I rewatched that game before I realized that tidbit. I'm like, why aren't they putting him in? But So Colby Smith, our, our next guy, our massive uh, offensive tackle, 
Harson said, quote, this guy is a big human being. Great personality, wonderful family, wanted to be here. A guy who will continue developing. His best football is ahead of him. A guy who's going to come in here and help us in that offensive line room who we can develop and will continue to grow into our program. And if I had to pick one incoming recruit from high school, not a transfer, a high school player that will be a multi-year starter on this team, especially of the guys who we're talking about the signed on signing day, is Colby Smith for me. Yeah, Colby Smith's going to be a fun player to watch out for because it was a position of need for Auburn. You talk about tackle position that Auburn has not signed since 2017. Since 2017. I mean, that that is a humongous addition for Auburn, no pun intended, because the guy is six <laughs> seven. Uh, when you talk about a big human being, Colby Smith fits the bill at six foot seven, but he's not he's not egregiously huge as far as weight is concerned either. He's in the low three hundreds, which tells me that he can move. Think about what you just for- said though. Like that's how big his frame is. Sure. And you'd think when you see six foot seven, you think six thirty, right? Or, or yeah. not or six foot seven, three thirty, right? Right. And he ends up being, you know, three oh five to three fifteen range. Tells me he can move. And you want athleticism at the tackle position. I wonder how long it is till he gets on the field and if there's going to be some shakeup on the offensive line, possibly trying to insert him in at right tackle. I don't think right tackle was a big issue for Auburn this year. Maybe they don't shake it up. Maybe they want to keep the bookends the same. I don't know how long it could be. I don't know if you want to break in a freshman right away, though, at left tackle. I've got concerns with pass protection. Yeah. I don't know how long it is till he gets on the field, but it wouldn't shock me if he tries to work his way in some, especially if a guy gets hurt. Yeah, my gut says maybe his redshirt freshman season, but then you think about it and it's like, well, that's kind of when those JUCO guys that Auburn picked up last offseason, they're going to be running out of eligibility then. And so it's like, do you play the older guys at that point? But Harson doesn't. Harson's not going to care about that. I think there's a very real chance Colby Smith makes a run in a starting job going into the to the 2022 season. I think it's a very real chance. And it would be huge for Auburn if that did occur because they, they need some actual players that feel comfortable playing that You're position. Right. Not low three stars that got moved from defensive tackle to offensive tackle. Or guards that moved outside that, that aren't tackles. Uh, Jaws, any thoughts on Colby Smith? Yeah, it's just the perfect, uh, perfect uh, thing to say right there is Auburn needs players that actually play at their position. And this is a guy that actually plays offensive tackle. And like we mentioned at the start of this, talking about Kobe, Colby Smith, Auburn hasn't gotten a tackle since 2017. And this is something that Auburn desperately, desperately needed, regardless of star rating, regardless of, of how good he was in the 247's composite or whatever you want to say, Auburn desperately needed tackles that actually played offensive tackle, and I feel like this was a huge get, again, no pun intended, for Auburn. A few more guys to talk about, and just our overall thoughts of everything coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. The Super Bowl is just days away, plenty of prop bets. Those are always fun. How long do you think the the Star Spangled Banner, the National Anthem, how long do you think that's going to be? That's a prop bet on there. Who scores the first touchdown? Who scores the last touchdown? It's all all things you can bet on. And you better get, uh, you know, your fix because football's gone for a while after, uh, after this Super Bowl Sunday. And the best way you can enjoy all of this is by going to the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On, all one word, no spaces, Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. 
And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Final guy that signed on signing day, Jocko Willis. Here's what Harson said, quote, outside slash inside linebacker, a lot of range, very speedy player, great quickness, and can run. A guy who loves ball and certainly fits what we're looking for. It's been great to get to know him, his energy, enthusiasm, and desire to be here. Once this opportunity came up, there was no question this was the right fit for him. Junior college guy from Independence Community College, but he will have four years of eligibility despite coming from junior college because last year didn't count and he only played there a year. Had a hard time uh, getting eligible academically, so he had to go the junior college route. He's ready. Sounds like he's worked hard to get to this point. And uh, as soon as Auburn offered, he was he was all in. 6'3", 215, a little taller of a linebacker than Auburn typically lands. I don't think that's by design. I think they wanted taller linebackers, but that's kind of been the biggest thing holding some of these guys back is they're six foot, not 6'2", or 6'3". So Willis has that. I love his size at 215, maybe get up to 225 or so and keep that ability to move. And that's what Harson said. He can move well. He can run. He's a very explosive linebacker and also already has some experience playing at a higher level. Obviously, there's still a big jump from community college to to playing at the, you know, in the SEC, but this guy can move. This guy can move extremely well. He doesn't waste a whole lot of steps. He gets it. He's able to track the football, track the guy that has the ball in his hands. I'm a fan of this. This is another instant impact guy. I think he plays in 2021. Although he played his junior college football at Independence Community College in Kansas, a former last chance U location as well. Sure. Uh, they're moving away from that now. The, the next school is going out into Oakland, California. This was the previous location where it was filmed. He's from LaGrange, Georgia. Yeah, I think shout out to Frisky Whiskey. Huh? Shout out to Frisky Whiskey, friends, uh, friends of the go. show. And, and uh, he played his high school ball at Troop County. So w- when you look at this guy, he's a local product, you know, only like 30 minutes away from Auburn. Sure. He's got to be familiar with the Tigers that had to play into it. I think this is just another example, and I've been harping on this for over a month now. Since Auburn, since Auburn brought in Derek Mason, I've been saying this. Uh, it's really not a month yet, about three weeks. I've been saying it, they're going to the 3-4, and this is just another nugget of Auburn going to the 3-4. Whether or not he plays inside linebacker, uh, you know, you you've said to me before, Zach, that you think he's going to be playing on the on the outside and, yeah. and pass rushing. Even if that's the case, Auburn made a point to stock up on linebacker. They made a point to go and get somebody out there, and they've returned some guys. Chandler Wooten. They've moved TD Moultrie to inside linebacker. They've still got Owen Papo and Jacoby McLean. Desmond Tisdall as a freshman didn't play a whole lot. Neither did Steiner. They've got finally now. They did it quick. I don't know how they did it, but I was curious about the personnel. But Auburn went out there and got the linebackers they needed to be able to run the three four immediately. All right. So I mean, I, I'm happy with this class. I'm happy with this class. As far as guys coming up, there's a solid chance that Auburn gets a running back on Friday. Three star running back Jarquez Hunter. He's from Philadelphia, Mississippi. Um, yeah, Auburn's a heavy favorite. He's announcing Friday morning, I believe at 9 o'clock. So that's a, that, that'll bolster up. And, I mean, what a sales pitch you can make to him. You know, he's probably going to play, get a chance to play on his first year. So that's exciting for him, assuming he, he lands at Auburn. So all in all, I mean, you look at this class, what did they end up finishing? Like 30, I think? 30th. 30th overall. And, like, that's not super exciting, but... 
it could have been a lot worse given where we were two weeks ago. Sure, and I went into the day saying that, you know, if Auburn were to land four-star linebacker, Trevin Wallace, maybe a couple other guys that you didn't expect Auburn to go out there and get Dante Bow for, if Auburn was able to go out there and land literally everybody that was left remaining on their board, even the long shots, Auburn gets into the top 25, maybe. Like, it would have been close. But they had a good day. It went about as expected if you yeah. tempered your expectations, and they creeped up to 30th, 30th overall. That's exactly where you want to be at based off of where Auburn was going into the day. It tells you that they had a solid day, filling some needs. That was what it was about, filling needs. And You talk about running back, Jarquez Hunter. Auburn is going to go out, and if they don't get Hunter, they still at least have three scholarship running backs now on the roster with Devin Barrett moving back now to the backfield, which I think can only mean great things. Maybe it means that this freshman running back doesn't have to play, but Coach Harson saying in his press conference on signing day that he that running back is a need. That was actually, I think, the first thing that he that he mentioned. And so when he mentions that 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 that, that running back is a need, he's obviously still going out to try and fill out that backfield for the future because Shivers will be gone soon. Bigsby probably only has two more years. Devin Barrett will be gone soon, maybe one or two more years. So it's definitely a um, it will be a different looking back a different looking backfield very soon, and so it is important to just go ahead and get a freshman in the roster. Yeah, I think it's good. You want to stack that experience for sure. It's tough, and we got to talk about it because it pertains to Auburn and it's important. But Alabama finishing their class on Wednesday, it's literally the best class ever signed according to two four seven rankings. That's that's what you're up against. This is part of what I got berated on my show for. Auburn folks didn't like the fact that I was talking about Alabama, uh, talking about Alabama, and uh, you know they had their best ever class. But this this relates to Auburn, like you said, Zach. If th- this dynasty is nowhere near being done at the moment, they've at least got four more years of success on the way, right? Unless recruiting all of a sudden just bombs out next year, you yeah. Know? But Nick, as long as Nick Saban's there, they're going to be recruiting like this and decide this type of class. What I and what I would feel like is the twilight of Nick Saban's career as a coach. You know, maybe five more years tops, maybe even less than that. You wonder how much is left in the tank. He's obviously not going out on it this year, though. So you wonder how much longer he's got coaching Alabama. But the dynasty's rolling. Everybody that thought this thing might be showing weakness after they lost to LSU last year, nope. pack it up, man, and, and get ready. The journey is still long ahead for the SEC to change its major power broker at the top. Right. And uh, to all the folks, like, be patient. Give Harson time. Just I, was, I, I say that not to hype up Alabama, but just we have to be aware of what Harson is up against. Because there's gonna be there's a real chance you go seven and five, eight and four this year, and the next year, and possibly the year after that. And it's like there's gonna be a lot of folks be like, well, what did we fire Gus for? And so I, it's just it's gonna take time. And whoever it is, whether you know Auburn chose to stick with Gus for a little bit longer or go with Harson's, like you have to give them time. So many programs get stuck in the rut because they let their coaches go too early right when they're starting to get their feet up under them. So I just say that to, to one, temper expectations, and two, just give it time. Because I think Harson's the right dude. I really do. It's just, it's tough. It's a very, very uphill battle. I mean, it's a mountain that you have to climb. Well, quick point here. I want to make a parallel, and I made this on my show and on the line. Quick point here, a parallel between Brian Harson and Pat Dye. Do you know where Pat Dye was at before he went to Auburn? He was at Wyoming. Right, and, and he didn't have as much head coach experience as Brian Harson had either. 
But Pat Dye walked into, at that point in history, the greatest dynasty we've ever seen in college football. Bear Bryant was destroying Auburn. Auburn was in a worse position in the 1970s than what Brian Harson is taking over right now. But what is Brian Harson walking into right now? The greatest dynasty that we've ever seen in college football history. And they just signed the best recruiting class in modern college football. He's walking into a similar situation, and he is coming from a similar location in the country under similar circumstances. I'm not saying that this guy's going to be the next Pat Dye, but did people think that Pat Dye was going to be Pat Dye? I, I don't know. I wasn't alive in 1980, but you know he ended up working out pretty well, so you got to be patient with Brian Harson. Devil's advocate here, just for the sake of conversation, and do you think this matters in your parallel that you brought up? Dye... Coached under Bear. They had a relationship. He was in there and he saw how he was doing it. Harson, total outsider to the conference. Does Even that more to that, and that's a great point. That is different than this parallel. Harson, while he does have eight years of head coaching experience, the closest he's been to the Southeast is his one year when he was at Texas as offensive coordinator. He's got virtually no experience in this portion of the country. So you're not wrong there. That is a great example. Pat Dye, and I was thinking that as soon as I said it, I, you know, Pat Dye did coach under the bear. The other thing that we have to consider is um, Brian Harson doesn't have Bo Jackson. You know, Bo Jackson ignited the run for Pat Dye. Not saying that Pat Dye was all Bo because he did it after Bo, but Bo Jackson was the guy who literally jumped over the Alabama dynasty and put it away. He, right. he was with Bo over the top and ended it. And Pat Dye was able to build upon that momentum. You know, I, I, I don't know. May, maybe I can get a little sly grin here when I say this. Tank Bigsby's not Bo Jackson, but at least he does have a tank. He may not have a bow, but he's got a tank. Sure, sure. No, I'd rather have a tank than not have one, for sure. Lance, unmute yourself and tell people where they can find you on the social medias. You can follow me on Twitter, at Intern Jaws. Noah, where can, uh, where can people find you? There's a million places. Find me on Twitter at Point Gardner and also find me on ESPN 1067 on uh, in the Auburn Opelika area from 2 to 4 p.m. on weekdays on, uh, on ESPN 1067. And then uh, 280, kind of going up towards southern Birmingham. You can hear me in Montgomery and Sylacauga as well. Find me on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM. Same time, 2 to 4 p.m. every weekday. Uh, that's where you can hear me and also find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having us on, my man. Of yes, course. Sir. Of course, gentlemen. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show's on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a Ferg Friday. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer will join us. We'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Auburn.